Let's start today's episode with a um, story. I'm thinking about a Zen master in Japan many years ago who was holding a uh, meditation retreat with many of his students. And um, after a few days, a couple students came to the master and said, one of our peers is stealing from us. Maybe it was food or some trinket or something. And the master ignored the students and they went back to the retreat. A few days later, a whole group of students came to the master with a petition saying that the same student had been stealing from them and they requested that that student be removed from the retreat. So the master thought about it. He brought all the students together. He sat them down and he said, you know, if you want to leave the retreat, by all means leave the retreat. But understand that you know the difference between right and wrong. And the person who's been stealing from you obviously does not. So for that reason, I am not going to remove the thief from this retreat because he needs this retreat probably more than you do. And in that moment, the thief, the student, cried and never thought about stealing again. True compassion. And I think that's what we're going to talk about today. What do you think, Jen? Yeah, it's amazing to see the impact of compassion and how it can just open a person up to receive and learn more about it. So, yeah, let's talk about it. Let's do it. You're listening to the podcast, No Expectations, where we discuss all things spiritual. My name's Andrew, a lifelong Zen bodhisattva, recovering yogi, yoga instructor, and author. And I'm here with my friend and student, Jen. I'm a busy mom, a cyclist. I love to spend time in nature and on my mountain bike and a yogi. I've been asking myself bigger questions about being on a spiritual path. And I've been asking Andrew a lot of bigger questions about this journey. And we invite you to join us on it. Maybe we'll make you laugh. Maybe we won't. No expectations. Andrew, what is the definition of compassion? Well, that's a, that's a good question. I think there's probably uh, a variety of definitions. In my mind, it's the um, idea of giving happiness by saving others from suffering. And, and you and I have had many conversations in our journeys together as student and teacher, uh, and you know how I feel about the word happiness. Um, I like to mm-hmm. use the word content, but I think... I think happiness is probably appropriate here. Okay. Trying to give others happiness and 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 end suffering for them. Would you agree with that definition? I agree. I like to add um, peacemaking. I see compassion as um, finding ways to make peace. Peace with myself, with others, um, in everyday situations, uh, with my family, with the strangers. You know, on the sidewalk, who bump into you, just, just finding ways to make peace, whether or not there's a war going on in that moment. Um, yeah. Right. So, from a Buddhist perspective, Buddha thought that compassion was the prerequisite for enlightenment. Okay. So, without that ability to find compassion in ourselves for others, then we're going to not be able to go through the discovery of finding new things 
and new enlightenments for ourselves. Doesn't mean that you're going to have some great epiphany where you just disappear into the universe, but having that honed ability to to end suffering in others in any sentient being was required. Hmm, a foundational. And and I think that's one of the probably most difficult parts of any spiritual journey is is developing compassion, right? Why do you think it's difficult for most people who who show up? I believe that most people want to. Um, they feel compassionate by helping others. Maybe sometimes you know, I want to I want to help the world, so I want to go out and fix it. Mm. Okay. And. Um, and sometimes, well, I think that's great. You know, you volunteer, you you give your time, your service to others. I think that's great. But you have to go with the right motives. And it's not always to fix everything. Hmm. Um, if, if, you're, if you're fractured inside and you're not compassionate with yourself, then how can you be compassionate with others? Yeah. Is that a fair? Yeah. So looking at yourself in the mirror and not liking the way you look and then getting dressed to go volunteer to feed the homeless that day. I can see how that would can be really confusing because it's all fake. If, if you're not able to um, understand compassion that starts here and the way you see yourself, the way you see your thoughts or your looks or your actions. The way you speak to yourself. Mm. Yeah. The way you speak to yourself. Um, The process needs to be genuine. You know, you can't go out with um, this idea that I'm going to be self-righteous in my compassion and just throw it around and give it to everyone. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> it has to be genuine. It has to come from a, a space inside of you that respects or expects nothing in return. I have a best practice that helped me kind of implement the discipline of being compassionate mm-hmm. or being aware of being compassionate. and. Um, I used to take, or I still do, but long walks by myself or hikes in the woods. And I had this um, thing that I would do. I would, if I saw something beautiful, I would say it out loud to this person or thing. And I would often see myself, you know, seeing this beautiful tree. And I would say, wow, you're very beautiful out loud, you know, in the woods. And it really kind of conditioned me to acknowledge the beauty that is in me and around me. And, you know, there were times where I would say that to myself, like, you know what, you are beautiful today. Or, you know what, you are really kicking ass at this thing that you're doing, uh, whether you acknowledge it or not. And that best practice just kind of just is a discipline now. Yeah, it's like a muscle that you you don't even think about anymore. It's mm-hmm. just it's it's there that's already developed, and you don't have to, um, you know, flex it all the time. Yeah, you know it's there, and you can kind of lean on it. I think using compassion, you know, opens the doors in our minds to the world around us and how we live our life in that world. Mm-hmm. Um, and and from a Zen perspective, we're we're trying to shut no doors. Like when we wield compassion, because we think about how can that help us out, and how can we find a Buddha nature in all things, truth in all things, and the only way that we can do that is by 
ending suffering and showing compassion for others and seeing, giving them that opportunity to find their own true nature, whatever that is. Yeah. Right. Um, recently I was traveling. I was a late, it was a late night. I was driving back, um, back home and I had a few hours left on my journey and I was, I was really tired and I was like, you know, like I can't make it back, back to the house. So I'm just going to stop at a hotel. And I, um, I got to the hotel, checked in, and I was exhausted. I threw my bags down, and I was like, oh, you know, I really probably should take a shower and then you know, do all those things you do before you go to bed. So it was really late. I got into the shower, and I'm in there just kind of decompressing from a long drive. And I look over, and there's a ladybug that's in the shower with me. <laughs> and, um, yeah, it's, it's just so random. I mean, I'm yeah. in this pristine white shower and this little red and black ladybug is, 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 you know, on the um, soak dish Mm -hmm. or whatever it was. And, and it was, it was moving around and I was like, wow, this is really, this is really strange. And then, you know, I'm trying to bathe myself and, and I watched the ladybug just kind of fall off the soap dispenser and onto the, onto the floor. And I'm like, oh, so I, I wrestle around, you know, try to not crush it, try to find a way to bring it back up to get it out of the water and it continually, every time I put it back on the soap dispenser to let it sit there, it just falls right back into the floor. And I was like, well, what am I doing here? You know, what's, what's going on? So I get out of the shower, take the ladybug, put it on the counter, thinking, okay, this is where, this is a <laughs> this safer is place it than it needs to be, right? <laughs> and so um, I get to bed. I'm in bed and I'm thinking about this ladybug that's on the counter in the bathroom. And I'm like, well, how is it, how is it going to survive in here? <laughs> so it has to Not be two o'clock in the morning at this point. Again, I'm completely exhausted. Put on my clothes, go into the bathroom, collect the ladybug, take it outside. Like, I'm sure that everyone I passed and it was in the hotel lobby was like, what is this person doing? <laughs> Walk out into the grass and put the ladybug out. I went to bed that night, and I still feel good about that. Okay. (laughs) Sure, some people might think that was gone too far. But, again, all sentient beings, all life. And that's where I was, trying to be compassionate. That ladybug put itself in front of me in that shower, and I felt like I needed to do what was right. Now, was it right or wrong? I don't know. At that point, it felt right. Yeah. It felt like the right thing to do. It felt compassionate to take this this life out of a suffering and into back to where it needed to be, in my mind. Would you agree with That's that? That's so funny that you share that story. Um, this morning, I was at the gym, and I was... Uh, Go into the bathroom to wash my hands before leaving, and I look over in this pristine, super clean bathroom, and there's this one little bug just chilling right by my sink. And there would have been a time where my immediate reaction would have been, oh, just squash it and throw it down the drain. You know, it's little, it's, you know, it should not be here. And I just kind of looked over at it and, like, had this outward conversation with it, like, What's, why are you here? <laughs> and he just walked around. And in that moment, I acknowledged myself showing compassion to that bug. I, you know, did not 
go the extra mile as you did and take it outside of the, the gym. But no, no, no judgment. <laughs> there's no judgment. But I do appreciate the, you know, taking the extra step and showing that compassion and all little things and everything begins with very simple moments where you acknowledge this living being has a purpose and a right and is worthy of compassion. Right. So, I mean, I didn't think we were going to turn into a, a, <laughs> a podcast about compassionate to bugs, but hey, it goes where it goes. No expectations. Yeah. No. Right? That's, that's why it's named what it's named. Um, is there a point where compassion can be considered toxic? Yeah, I think so, for mm-hmm. sure. Um, I, you know, this desire, if I think, is your identifying ways to be more compassionate in your life and you see people who are suffering from very significant ailments, whether it's a mental ailment or a physical ailment or something that they're going through right then in that moment, um, the temptation is there to acknowledge that I want to end your suffering, so I'm going to take it from you. Mm -hmm. Or I'm going to allow myself to come to your level of suffering and then we're on the same page, so now we can relate to each other because I'm, I'm hurting with you and I'm crying with you and I'm, I'm taking your suffering and I'm making it my own. Um, yeah. There's a word for that. or It's called idiot compassion. Idiot compassion. <laughs> yeah. And then we all suffer it. I, you know, mm-hmm. even in my, you know, journey, um, as a, as a long, long-time teacher, um, that was one of those things that you don't – they don't – they don't provide that information to you when you go th- become a you know a yoga instructor or you study study Zen. They they don't tell you you know that you need to protect yourself mm-hmm. because people will recognize that energy in you that you are compassionate and sometimes um, they mutate that energy and f- they see other things in it. You know, they see like a place to uh, a wailing wall for no, for those things. Dumping ground because you're healthy and you're or you're spiritually balanced. Wall, yeah. And um, they come and they oh well this is this is new to me this this energy that's being produced by this person and I can say what I want and you know I feel like this person can fill that void for me and many times in my early career I didn't I didn't have what it took to separate those things. And so I would actively go out of my way to, you know, make sure that that person wasn't suffering, you know, and like I'd break boundaries that I'd set for mm-hmm. myself. Like, you know, I'd call them or text them or message them and like, are you, how are you doing? Are you doing okay? Something I can do for you. And um, then I found myself suffering too, because I wasn't working on the things that I needed to work on, I was thinking about them constantly in their pain. Mm-hmm. And that then I realized that I was the idiot in this conversation. <laughs> yeah. You know, I'm the one that's, that's giving more of myself, um, not with the idea that I, you know, I expect an equal return, but I, I had um, really emptied myself out and this person on the receiving end was just taking and taking and taking and taking. Um, and that's not healthy. Yeah. 
And we do that a lot in all sorts of relationships, not just uh, student-teacher, you know, in our personal relationships, friendships. We can do that a lot. And we feel unfulfilled about that, right? Mm-hmm. And yeah. then, then you start to go, you pull back and you go, what am I doing? Yeah. And I think the um, there's also a, a complex of feeling like you have the the space to help others in their suffering. And there's I, I think there's a fine line of not letting it become your ego, too, and... and yeah, crossing those lines. You know, from from somebody who's sat in a lot of um, yoga teacher trainings and, and a lot of yoga um, studios with uh, a lot of prospective yoga instructors, they're going through that process. Um, a lot of them arrive with that idea that um, you know they found the light and they want to share that light with somebody else, and they feel like they're the best vehicle for that. Um, and if you're broken and you're fractured, it's going to be difficult to, you know, you make sure you show up for the right reasons. Yeah, yeah. You know, like, are you genuinely here to, to help somebody or are you here to unload your things on them via the vehicle of yoga? <laughs> yeah. You know, are you trying to heal yourself at the hands of somebody else? Yeah. And that's that's not maybe on the surface it seems genuine, but the more you discover it, the more you dig deeper, you're really not helping that person. You know? For real. I what I appreciate about my own journey through yoga and to yoga has been the being able to find compassion in myself and not looking for other ways to heal myself. Um or other people are putting, you know, uh, I'll feel better if this person does this and that need to control the anxiety of um, the need for other people to join me on this journey. I don't know where I'm going with that. Do you feel like as you become, <laughs> do you feel as you become older that compassion is, is easier for you? Absolutely. I think as I have become older, as my children have become older, and I've, I, you know, I am the survivor of a teenage girl who, <laughs> who is now a young woman. Um, I, I went to that war and came out of it, and it definitely helped me become a more compassionate mother, mm-hmm. a more compassionate woman. It, and I don't think I would have been able to answer that with a yes had I not gone through this work of the journey to myself and the journey to become more compassionate diligently in every little thing. And yeah, I, you know, I, um, compassion is. I think it's a. <clears throat> excuse me. It's a definite learned behavior, mm-hmm. and I think the older that you get. Um, the more, if you if you if you're aware of it, the, the more um, the more it becomes part of you. And I was thinking the other day as I was preparing for this podcast um, on this subject, I was thinking about um, Buddha found compassion late in his life. You know, he was um, he had left a, a life of of leisure, you know, of wealth gone through his journey through the world 
and was at the point of death when um, when he found his enlightenment mm-hmm. and compassion, where somebody came to him and brought him back from that place. But he was an old man at the time. And so his journey, his experience, his framed that lesson for him, right? Yeah. And I, and I think about, you know, he had predated Jesus by a couple hundred years. Jesus arrives on the scene as a young man, you know, and he's doing his best teaching. And he's very passionate as a young man. And, and he's going through his things. And I believe that passion and compassion are, can be used similarly, Right. Um, it's okay to be passionate about something. Mm-hmm. You know, it's okay to have that desire inside to um, believe what you believe and want to share that with others if you are genuine with it. Okay. Right? Um, if, you know, if your belief system is the idea of loving one another, sharing that with everyone else, there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, you know, at, at its base... We're talking about the same thing, right? We're just, mm-hmm. you know. So Jesus was passionate because he was a young man full of vigor and like da-da-da. He hadn't really seen yeah. too much of the world. <laughs> right. And we can have a separate conversation that that there's an idea that Buddha did, I'm sorry, that Jesus had left and gone to study with the yogis and come back. So these ideas were in him already, and he had just kind of taken those ideas and and developed them into a more finite thing. But the mm-hmm. sacrifice he made, you know, giving up his own life, was a launching point for what became Christianity. Right. Buddha did not die that day in, under the under the tree, mm-hmm. and he he brought back the message of compassion. So we're talking about the same thing. The same thing, thing, just in a different delivery. And I know know a lot of people come to me and say, oh, I I mean, how can I be on a spiritual journey and you talk about Christianity? You can still be a Buddhist and a Christian. You can still be a Zen and a Christian. You can... We're all talking... It's the same forest. Mm -hmm. We're just talking about different trees. Yeah. You know? And... And from a Western culture, we don't... we, We have different ideas about Christianity, right? But I think at the base level, we're talking about the same message. Yeah, and if you just look at the foundations for either or, you know, all different religions, they are all the same. It's just as men come in and add their their voice and their power, it changes. But I foundational, think, it's right, and it, things become changed and and and, and go from there. But I, I, I believe. Um, at its root, we're all after the same thing, some sort of contentment, some sort of happiness, mm. right? And um, if we can practice compassion um, and end suffering for others, that's a win-win, right? Yeah. Um, and we do it because we, because it makes us, because it has to be done. Not because it makes us feel good. Yeah. Not that we because we derive pleasure from it. We just do it because it needs to get done. Mm-hmm. That ladybug had mm. to go outside. Ladybug had <laughs> to go you outside. We're the only way to get her there. I mean, I can think about so many things in my life that I do 
for no for no um, reward, for no thank you, for no accolade, just because it needs to get done. Mm-hmm. I mean, how many things in your life do you think you do every day? Yeah, laundry yeah. I, for the whole household, um, right? Cooking, just the normal chores, the day to day activities of keeping a house afloat. Right. So the same thing. I mean, you don't. There's uh, last last time I checked, there's no Attaboy award that goes around every week for. You know, mom who did the laundry. No, there's definitely mom. Yeah. Where's my clean socks? Right. That's, that's <laughs> that makes not, me that's feel not, so great. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's yeah. all I wanted. Yeah, who, yeah I, I thought it'd be more of a complaint. Like, why did you wash my favorite socks? Oh no, I think my kids know better than to complain about <laughs> what I did for them. <laughs> so my, I guess the end here is is when we. You know, there's probably have more depth conversations about um, compassion, but yeah. it's it's about starting small with all things. As we continue this podcast series, it's about starting small, having that conversation with yourself, and and looking yourself to use your your analogy or your story of looking yourself in the mirror and finding something good about yourself yeah. there and speaking to yourself in. Uh, soft and gentle terms instead of being so harsh with yourself. Mm-hmm. And then from there, it just starts to expand outwardly. Yeah. And give yourself grace in the transitions. Grace is another way of, or application of compassion, I think. And, mm-hmm. you know, as you're transitioning to be a more compassionate person to end suffering, just find grace in yourself in it. Yeah. Any more thoughts about compassion? Not for now. I'm sure I'll think of something. We'll bring it up again, I'm sure. All right. All right, Andrew, today's uh, thought for the day is a quote from the Dalai Lama. There are only two days in the year that nothing can be done. One is called yesterday, and the other is called tomorrow. Today is the right day to love, believe, do, and mostly live. What do you think about that? I think it's spot on. I mean, how could I go against the Dalai Lama? The Dalai Lama. Um, it's, it's basically a long version of be here now. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we're a... We're a Afraid of the future, scared of the past, and really don't ever really take the opportunity to be here now. Um, we've got plenty of T-shirts that, that say that and bumper stickers. Yeah. You know, but what does it really mean? It means being in this moment. Uh, if you can let go of the anxiety to control tomorrow or change what happened yesterday and just be in this moment, there's a lot of a lot of living to be done right now. Yeah, it's the. It's all we got. Believe in the fact that you are safe in this moment, even if your life is chaotic and there's things that um, are beyond your control, seemingly beyond your control. Know that um, in this present moment, uh, you are safe, and see if you can connect those moments together, and then feel comfort there, mm-hmm. and um, never miss the opportunity to. Um, Look around you and and find a, a a tiny shred of gratitude, even in a very unfortunate situation. Yeah. Um, and 
just give yourself that that space. And we yeah. use that word a lot here. Give yourself that space. This might be a you know a good thing to if you feel yourself having a hard time focusing in meditation and repeat, be here now, be here now. I know at one time in my my early on development of my meditation practice, I found myself repeating be here now, but I would I was repeating it so fast. Hmm. Be here now, be here now, be here now. And over time it became be here now. Right. I mean, it's great to have the mantra. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we, we know what the definition of mantra is, right? It's a repetition to freedom. So we say the same thing over and over or repeat things, and then we find freedom in that repetition, freedom in that ritual. Um, and, and be here now is just a simple mantra that you can access and, and um, invoke anytime you need it. You yeah, know, it doesn't have to be overly complex. Yeah, really uh, helps with anxiety. I speak from personal experience. Right. <laughs> uh, so next time you decide to sit down and um, meditate, maybe you just focus on those three simple words and repeat them until you forget what they mean. Yeah, I like it. Maybe you'll be there. Thanks for the thought. Thanks for listening. You can follow us on Instagram and Facebook at No No Expectations, the podcast. And there you'll find a link in our bio to our Spotify where we will be posting new episodes. You can message us your questions or comments. We'd love to hear from you. Please like and share our podcast with your friends and family. Thanks for joining us on this conversation.